This is Idiot Mystic, and I'm with Kelly Hansel Haywood. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Um, I was going to say, how are you? But this time, you seem fine. You always, am I incorrect that you are fine as usual? Well, I mean, how is fine defined? You know, I'm fine. It's It's the thing you say. <laughs> When I say, how are you? And you say good. And then I say normal good or extra good. And then you say normal good. So are you, are you coasting still at a comfortable pace of normal good? Or is it an uncomfortable pace, but it's still resulting in normal goodness? I'd say uncomfortable pace, normal goodness, maybe a little less than normal goodness. Um, but but I'm not complaining. I like how you have to include that. No I one do. said you were complaining. No. No, I, <laughs> I'm not complaining for myself. Like, that's not um, for anyone else. That's we, for should, we should add a disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast in a very serious, like, robot voice. There are no complaints on this episode, only opinions. <laughs> uh. So I guess everyone who isn't used to talking to you or listening to you might not know that you're a yoga practitioner and teacher, among many other things. Um, and I guess I noticed something in your your content uh, lately or your your yoga videos. It seems like just from an athletic perspective, not from a spiritual analysis of the video or anything you seem to have entered like a higher level of practice. Is that, uh, do you feel that that's happened? Like, are you doing more complicated things or more, more uh, like visually challenging things? So maybe they're not even harder for you, but for us as observers, it seems like something you are increasing intensity. Is that happening? Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think I, um, attempting more challenging postures more often um and actually trying to pull them off you know um like with real commitment to that um yeah I, yes <laughs> i have a very uh i feel like this is not i don't even know what the right time to say this is but from one gym bro to another your shoulders look crazy like it looks like you're like like it looks like your shoulders are full of rage the rage of they, a thousand they probably are. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, like, uh... go ahead have you is there a reason so when you say you've been attempting more challenging postures do you think it's if someone, and we're just talking about teachers in general now, it could be if anything, if someone, if a student is observing their teacher and the teacher doesn't appear to be progressing in anything except teaching, is that, do you think that's like, say the teacher isn't going through any kind of increase or not increase, but progression in their own practice? but their practice simply is the communication of the 
information they've already gathered up till a certain point. So like, let's say um, a fitness trainer who you see and they're not really in the best of shape. And that's okay because we all have seasonal moments and ups and downs with our body shape and composition. But I guess, um, do you think there's something to be said about teachers that don't seem to be able to do the thing that they're very good at teaching? <sighs> that I is know it's, it's really... controversial. Yeah, yeah, it is very especially in the yoga world um there's a lot of pushback um there's a lot of pushback even to the type of content that i share and the fact that i am also a yoga teacher um uh, it, it's a very complicated question right um my my question if i am I mean, I can describe technically how to do a handstand, right? But if I have never practiced it diligently and tried to feel it in my body, right? Um, there are going to be aspects of it that I cannot communicate. Um, I think in, in the case that you're stating my question would be, has the teacher ever in their past been able to do those things? Right. There might be a reason that they're not right now. Um, one being, you know, they're in a different phase of life. Like you said, um, maybe they had an injury, blah, blah, blah. But have they ever been able to do those things consistently um, would be my first question. And then my second, as the student, I would have to come to realize that there is only so far that I could go with that teacher, right? And that at a certain point, it might be time to change teachers or to go at it my own, on my own. And it's, I think it's interesting that you said, have they ever been able to do it? Because I feel like that is very important in like certain things, like say, like if someone's chronologically out of a certain biological range of actions, like they've aged out of it, but they still know the thing. And when they're prime physical prime, they were able to perform those actions. I think that they can definitely teach and help, but I guess, since I since we often talk about things that are like in the realm of spirituality or I guess mental health, even physical health, if someone and this is specifically for yoga and this is this makes people angry whenever I say it. And now and I used to think I was wrong. So then I explored it a little bit and I now I've anyway. So if a yoga teacher is and yoga meaning not just the like not just stretching or not just a like power yoga class that is like a structure taught to them quickly in two weeks and they like do go through the series but if a yoga teacher is outwardly manifesting like ill health in their own life then it seems like in today's world that yoga teacher has to keep teaching to be able to feed themselves and continue modern life. 
But let's say to me, the indigenous way to deal with this yoga teacher that let's say an example would be a yoga teacher that deals with uh, strange eating patterns and is like very physically not in the right weight range for themselves. So they have trouble getting to the class, but in the class, they can do the yoga. Okay. So you see the teachers in distress, but now the teacher can't stop teaching because they need money. But in a spiritual, from a spiritual standpoint, this teacher should have the support system to say, I'm under spiritual assault right now. I need a break. Can someone take over my students while I tend to my own garden and heal myself? So I guess I'm not saying that the teacher who's going through the unhealthy thing has to stop. But I'm saying, do you feel that a lot of fitness professionals or people who are helping other humans today don't really have the chance to help themselves? And then when it back, when this lack of health backfires on them and they're in distress, they can't really stop working or suddenly jump out of their profession of helping others. This could be applied to cops. This could be applied to firefighters, arm, uh, soldiers. Like once they are compromised, there's no way out. They can't say, oh yeah, I am a yoga teacher. And, but I literally feel like binge eating and uh, smoking cigarettes all day. And this is happening to me right now. So I can't teach yoga because I feel bad. So do you think that there needs to be some awareness of this for the, so that people actually, I'm, I guess I'll use air quotes, but get it like doing yoga is one thing. Doing meditation is another thing, doing a workout. But if you get it, then you know that it will never be the ultimate thing. And you have to pull back at times and give yourself grace. So I guess I'm, do you think that there needs to be a change culturally for teachers to be more better maintained so they can better serve others? Well, I mean, obviously, in an ideal world that um, the, the way that certain types of teachers are compensated and valued would be different, right? Um, <laughs> this could go, this conversation, this question could go into a lot of different directions. Um, we could talk about it just from the um, fitness instructor. I need to show up every day. This is my work. Um, that line to the line of the spiritual initiation of healer teachers or teachers who offer spiritual guidance um, and what that has often um, in the traditional stories of various cultures what that has often been described as looking like and what those people are like right um so there's those are two very different roads um it you know the the physical demand so i i um one of the issues and but then the example that you gave kind of cleared that up but I want to address it. One of the issues, and, and for me, I don't use the language that you used to describe it. The person manifested their ailment. I don't think that that's always the case. Okay. 
like, for example, I live with a dysautonomia. I don't think I manifested that. Right. So, so there's a difference. But what you were talking about, the disordered eating. Um, yes, like I, I, I guess that might be. Yes, yeah, something like more temporal that isn't like a, that isn't like a random affliction that you can't really prevent. But I mean, something that's a repetitive behavior or something like that. Mm -hmm. thank you for adding that because i feel like there are some guests who or uh, you're not guests you're co-hosts using better word um end up describing illnesses or afflictions or even mishaps in life as some kind of manifestation like you brought this upon yourself and it's hard to like i i get that we also have to take ownership of our actions but some if some of the things that happened to people, they definitely didn't manifest. No one would want to manifest any version of that on themselves. No. So yes, I anyway, continue, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but others of them, you know, we all have pathological, what has become path, kind of pathological behaviors um, that if we've not delved into their origins which the buzzword for that you know in the spiritual community is shadow work if we've not dove into that and addressed that with ourselves you know those patterns those behaviors manifest into things you know like the examples that you gave you know i know better than to smoke but i'm still smoking you know and not trying to stop or I know that I am unhealthy in the way that I eat, but I can't stop, you know? Um, and the, the time and focus that is necessary to do that kind of work when we are pushing ourselves to teach however many classes or to have however many clients, um, where's the time for that, right? It gets put off. So I tell folks, and, and this is um, just one example of the ways that this can play out, is that knowing something intellectually, like having an intellectual understanding of something and applying it to your own life are two very, very different things. And you can even think that you're applying your intellectual knowledge to your life and, and you're not. And then one day it just clicks in and you're like, oh, crap. That's really what that was. And you realize you didn't understand it quite like you thought you did. You know, so having time for your personal practice and um, really being disciplined about it is, I think, especially for those of us who are trying to help people pass certain plateaus spiritually, physically, whatever. I think it's really important for us to be able to apply what we're sharing to our own life effectively. Um, so that we have that firsthand knowledge. We have that firsthand experience because there's some things that can't be described with words. It's a feeling you know, and we can only hit around it with our language. 
And if I haven't experienced something myself and there's somebody hitting around it with their language, I can't confirm or, or say, no, I don't think that's quite right. I can't do that. Right. But if I've felt it and I hear them like dancing around it with their language, I can be, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about, you know, and kind of put more language to it. And then together we realize, Oh, they have felt what I've felt, you know? Um, but, but yeah. And this is, no, you can go on. I have a weird segue. Well, maybe okay. you should. <laughs> since, since you said people have felt what you felt or that, that sentence, it reminded me that I just talked to, uh, the last episode was with Elaine and it's not uploaded, but I guess I don't know how these go. I don't know what, how the internet time works of uploads, mm -hmm. but she was saying that when she went to Catholic school when she was a kid, she this memory got brought up in her that she was playing with a bunch of other girls by these uh, uh, pecan trees. Is it pecan or pecan? I don't know. Here, uh, it depends on where you're at in the United States. Here we say pecan. Pecan. I'm going to go with pecan. I'm, I pretend like I'm from where you are from so I can be amongst the goblins and the jean short wearing satans but so elaine said that her and these little girls were playing by these pecan trees and they always played by them but this day one of them like told like gestured her to look up and they looked up in the trees and there was a large figure sitting there uh and it was wearing a cloak and so they couldn't see anything but it was a pretty big guy and they all stared and looked at it for a few minutes and like kept talking to each other about it and uh, to make sure it was actually there because they were going to Catholic school and pretty superstitious kids. So then they ran and got a nun. And when the nun came back, there was uh, got to the trees. There was like a piece of charred wood there, but no, nothing there. So she said that the girls were seeing the charred piece of the tree and thinking that it was a man in a cloak staring at them. Um, and then that Elaine said intuitively that then she heard some other podcasts that mentioned mantid or mantis type non-humans or biological things or whatever they are, and that they wear cloaks and other things to obfuscate their appearance. I like saying that word now but I think hide their appearance would be better. Um, and then, so her feelings were that something happened there. And then in, in modern time, there's like a lot of talk about like whether someone's on psychedelics or deeply meditating or thinking that they've been abducted by aliens to have this interaction with like a man, praying mantis type of like large creature that's very tall and they like this seems to go back in history like quite a while and so i guess i was wondering intuitively if someone told you this story based on what you know what would you say back to them like what was that experience about 
what was it about was it was that like um a little girl seeing something by accident like seeing a squirrel that you remember really well or because of the anomalous nature of this memory whether let's say even if it's a full-bodied multi-person hallucination even in that case if you're just from the like from me being a helper talking to you being a helper of people what what is an experience like this about usually or not like with exact specificity but what can we like how do we start dissecting this because you remember it so much later than it happened and but as an adult it's like it sits with you and you're like what is this how can i even say this out loud i seem that i actually sound crazy i have to be careful who i say this to so in the context of what you know and have experienced how would you interpret that story i mean considering that that the thing the being the energy didn't say anything to them you know it was just there um for me uh the way that i process similar experiences like that is that it has allowed me to make it from childhood to adulthood with my magic intact i've never lost it i've never lost my ability to communicate with the liminal the ether the energy yeah. the the bigger picture that which cannot be seen uh most of the time i i feel like that touches on something really but let's just say let's age you like d you're 12 right now and let's but you we've brought you to 2023 and you're hanging out with a lot of other kids and you're talking about you saw this weird satan guy in jean shorts walking by the bus stop or on the street and then the other kids are like oh my god that's crazy and they draw it and then they're like yeah i saw something weird too it was like a crazy like a black figure walking in the hallway of my house and then the door slammed shut. Then these kids get into pop culture and media that is also similarly alternative and fringe in its subject matter. And mm -hmm. people consider them part of like, oh, these kids are into weird stuff. Oh, this stuff doesn't serve any kind of greater purpose. This, this imagine it like say, I, I guess I'm, I'm noticing an importance in exploring stuff that seems dark to some people like a kid who has a proclivity towards ghosts that kid isn't always obsessed with death that kid isn't always thinking about their loved ones dying there is some greater value in these kind of i'll call them like creepy stuff like kids who like creepy stuff it seems to i was a kid who liked creepy stuff for no apparent reason there's mm -hmm. and it led me to literally finding my own soul and that's bizarre to me like so is that would you say like if someone has a kid who is interested in stranger subjects or things like we're talking about would it be better to tell this kid to stop talking about it and think about something more that seems to be more easily approachable or would it be better to like explore it with the kid 
or not explore? Well, how, how would you advise someone? I'm being, uh, people have kids who are like, I saw this thing about. That's not why I'm uh, laughing. To me, the answer is really obvious, but I don't, I don't, you know, but I know it may not be to other. <laughs> but it actually, right. Like if someone, te if a kid today says to their parents, like, so like, is what happens when we die? That whole conversation seems to be like underdeveloped in the, like in modern time. If, so, okay. So I was one of those children and I have a few of those children of my own. <laughs> and, um, I have, I also have one my culture. What? I said, I also have one of those children. <laughs> and, you know, my culture, fortunately in a lot of ways, um, kind of embraces that you know, for a lot of different reasons. Um, so I grew up uh, feeling like that was normal, right? Um, and it wasn't until I um, worked with, was close with um, different families, different people, different perspectives that I realized, oh, no, that's not quite the normal experience to be able to openly talk about these things. Right. Um, but with my own child, children, I, um, of course, we openly talk about it because I'm like, oh, wow, cool. Let's have a cool conversation. Let's talk about this stuff. You know, let's get into it. Because, I mean, obviously, my um, handle on Instagram is dark moon, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, the dark is not, it's a place where I've been comfortable since my earliest memories, you know, so it, it comes relatively easy for me, but, um, and I'm, I'm starting to be more open about the way that I talk about, um, my understanding of, um, purpose and our individual purposes and, and, I ha am coming to terms with my own. Like I, I believe that I know what it is now or I have a better understanding of what my purpose is and I'm embracing it more. And part of it has been that for my whole life, people have come to me, given me like things that they don't tell other people, that they don't tell anyone else. And these people, sometimes they barely know me. Sometimes they don't know me at all. But they'll say, for some reason, I feel like I can tell you X, Y, and Z. And it can be some of the darkest thoughts, deepest thoughts, sad, heavy, um, bizarre um, thoughts and actions. And, and they will share these things with me and I will listen. And the response that I give them back, I think, is part of uh, the reason that I'm here is that I can hold space for these things and it not change the way that I see that person's potential <laughs> or the way that I see their heart, you know, um, because I am comfortable in the dark space. If that makes sense.
no that i feel like we've talked about this before but i feel like this pass through of it has been because you're more defined in your own journey or not in a rigid way but you know like you're you're doing your stuff it's yeah. coming across like clearer like it's weird i can hit you're saying the exact same thing you've always said because this has been your purpose the whole time but it's like even i can like hear it clearer which is confusing because i'm like these are similar words but they make more sense now it's very weird but um i guess since you since we're talking about the dark it seems like a lot of the dark is also just not knowing like this like a lack of information for some people is a, the cause of most of their like extreme problems in life like say something bad happens to someone then the life lived after that something bad is usually really bad due to lack of information about healing and how trauma is impermanent and we are not designed to face a single trauma and then become completely destroyed forever and hate ourselves just like little things like that or like so do you feel like in the the information about like weird subjects why do you think that is considered a darker intellectual pursuit and by darker i mean just a more like a less worthy intellectual pursuit than say if you wanted to be a physicist or a doctor or a mechanical engineer or even a journalist being a journalist would be considered more worthy than if you're like oh i'm an occult researcher i'm a i guess now yoga is more recognized but i feel like that's even like not as a noble of a cause to some humans. So I guess why do you think that is has been put in this category? Because it's not as easily explained. And what I see this trying to word it tactfully. Um what I see is that a lot of folks would rather not have to think about things like why they're here, what happens after you die, what is reality, is our um, our institutions of authority actually working the way that we think they are, um, <laughs> is our uh, church preaching um, things that are actually scriptural, um, People don't want to think about that, you know. Um, they don't. They don't want to know. They don't want to know their shadow. They don't want to know these patterns, because they get in these comfort zones, and our lives are so busy trying to just make ends meet or um, trying to achieve these goals, right? Of you know, financial, romance, whatever. You know, so busy that to have to stop what we're doing and actually contemplate those things and get uncomfortable, even if our comfort zone, like we talked about before, is uncomfortable. <laughs> it's easier to get through each day, check, 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 without stopping to think about these things. And that's why. They so 
we try to avoid in general we try to avoid um those things no you're i this is absolutely correct but i guess the thing that i i wonder about and i also i feel like some people are very sure about why this is the way it is but when you said like it's easier to check the boxes it seems like we are made in a way where it's easier to be more detrimental to ourselves than it is to be this higher being with healthy habits and um, a higher purpose, like to be driven through non-biological means. It seems like it really is an effort. And that really confused, or I guess I want, and this is purely like I'm considering this just us talking like, why do you think we're like this? Like, why is the body the opposite of the other thing that we are? And is that, do you think that's some kind of, like, is that what the biblical talk of the flesh and the spirit is about? Like, is there like a very clear duality between us where like our body just wants fun stuff all the time? And if you could be like plugged into cheetos and a doom scrolling machine your brain would just give in and be like ah. but i why is it like that why is our brain so susceptible to this like and programmable to being tricked into these uh being placated by like sugar and dopamine that's something that i am uh ponder myself and the answer that I'm coming to sometimes doesn't satisfy me uh, because I want it to be a little different. Um, but I know that it's only because I'm, I don't completely understand yet. But that's the point. That is the point of us being here is for that experience. So... so so wait, you, are you just so before we continue, are you saying that the experience of struggling to fight our physical bi slash biological urges is part of the like that is part of the experience and meant to be successfully conquered? Or are you saying that experiencing biological pleasures and being like in our body is the way we're meant to be? And the mind stuff is extra, like a bonus. Both. So Both. confusing. All of it. All of that. Um, so I, I actually think, and part of the work that I'm doing that I'm just starting to give name to, and it, it might end up being my next bigger book project, or may, if, if I can find a way, <laughs> if I can find the finances to help myself do this, um, perhaps a, like a online class series or something. Um, but it's, I call it body reclamation. So I honestly, from my personal experience and my journey, healing, healing, which is ongoing, <laughs> you know, as long as I'm here, I'm not healed. Right. Um, it's an ongoing thing, but, and it should be, um, but reconciling, reclaiming my body has taught me 
that the way that we view being in a body is very skewed. It's not, it's a, a, a story that needs to be re, re-narrated, retold, revamped to reflect more of the reality um, because it's disconnected us from this experience. And as long as we're disconnected from the body and we're disconnected actually from this experience, we're going to be accessing these escapes, right? Because we're simply just dealing with it. And when you're just dealing with something, you have coping mechanisms. Um, so as long as we're just dealing with being in the body, um, we can be swayed one way or another, um, become addicted, um, again, having patterns of self-harm, having patterns of apathy, you know, all of these things um, that tend to, you know, wrap itself around folks. But as long as we have a narrative of we're not our body and our body's a trap, our body is going to be the reason we die, our body is messed up, our body's trying to kill us, our body's ugly, our body's um, not whatever beauty standard, our body's not the right size, our body this, our body that. As long as that's the language, you're not going to be connected to this experience in the way that you potentially could be. Let's say instead of like pointing this lens at other people, let's point it at me. And let's say right now my I've had this like rib pain for two years mm-hmm. and I've been through all the varying branches of modern medicine, like in order as they sent me to them, they found a lung lesion by accident, dealt with that. The pain was not from that according to them anyway. So as of now, it appears to be radiating out of the center of my spine. So connected to all my back stuff, Uh, but it causes a bunch of other symptoms and it's, I am using the language even if it's not by speaking, just the way I'm thinking that you were describing earlier. Mm-hmm. And that's similar to the language that I also used when I was fighting, like when I was competing. It was similar. Like if you couldn't run, it was because you weren't like your muscles didn't have as much like slow twitch fiber as the other guy and your legs ran out at that. Like it was clear, clear cut to me. So I guess in my case, so people can see that we don't just talk about other people. How, how would I change the language of this thing that's basically pre- like I'm limited in everything I can do because of it? So it appears that it is a trap and it appears that it is not friends with me almost. Maybe I made it that way. Maybe I, I don't know. I guess I'm looking for what the body reclamation angle or language would be for how I would go about this or even start. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I want to clarify something first before we get to that point is when I'm saying anything that I'm saying here, um, 
I am not just talking about other people. Um, if, if I am making statements that sound sure, I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about something that I've experienced firsthand and would like to share with other people. And when I point out these scenarios, these are places that I've been, you know, so I don't want folks to think, oh, I've, I've never been like that or I've never, you know, I'm not that person. You know, that's not what I'm saying at all. You're fine the way you are. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, we start from various places, right? But back to what you were saying. So one of the things when I teach workshops and I do this work with other people is first off, we have to start seeing our body as our greatest friend and ally in this life. Without your body, you are not here for this experience. If your body wants to kill you, you'd be dead. Right? Um, even when things are going wrong, if you're breathing, if you're alive, if you're able to talk to me here, if you're able to raise your son at all, your body's fighting to keep you alive in spite of whatever is going on. So this is not your body working against you. This is not your body's fault. Okay. Um, your body's so fighting. Would you say we could look at the body as like if right the way you were describing it right now, if it's not my enemy and trying to kill me, does it have, is it personified? Is it separate to me? Um, in a way, but it also is you, right? Um, so I started, when I started this work with myself, I started referring to my body in third person. Because when I was the sickest I was, I tried to bully my body. I tried to bully it in doing what I wanted it to do. And of course that didn't work, right? It made me worse. Um, and so I realized I had to make amends. When, when this dawned on me, I realized, oh crap, I have to make amends because my body will help me find answers. So I have to relearn to speak its language. I have to negotiate with it. I have to ask it, hey, what's, what's this about? What's going on here? And I have to be able to listen to hear its response because it does answer as best as it can. Um, so, you know, in yoga, they, they talk about the, the different bodies. You know, you have your physical body, your mental body, emotional body, astral body, all these layers of yourself, you know, and scientifically these things can be measured through um, electromagnetic field readers, et cetera. You know, your heart can be detected feet, lots of feet away from you. I think it's like 10 feet or something. <laughs> A person's heart can be measured. That's weird. You know, so. Yeah. And um, so knowing that we are layers and layers of energy, 
you know, we can see these energies. We can. So like when I am meditating, I'm taking the seat of, of the observer. I notice what my mind is doing. I notice what my body is doing. I notice how the energetics around me feel. But then there's still something inside of me that's observing all of that. You know, and while all of this is part of our experience here, therefore it is us, what we're experiencing. It's also something that we can see separately because our inner essence is not that. Okay, so yes, you can see it as you, you, you can also view it in third person. And it helped me to do that, to start to talk to my body like I would a friend. Um, mentally, um, it started, started to help me heal my relationship with it. Um, so that, that could also be something to try. I just changed my position because I asked my body what it needs. And it was like, change your position. This is killing us. Weird. Easier. And the language of the body is sensation. You know, so um, learning to interpret sensation. And if uh, when we're dealing with, say, pain, um, looking at the biopsychosocial model of pain, whereas all of these things factor into our experience of pain, you know, and when you address even one of them, whether it be psycho, for example, you can address something psychologically and a physical pain can go away. Yes. Or you can change someone's social situation and their pain be healed. Yeah. You know, and also biological, of course. Yeah. So I guess that is an interesting thing to think about. How would that work if you were to change someone's social situation and their pain heals is that is the general idea or what you understand that the person's brain focuses on something else so those neural pathways and the nerve endings are less active okay with that last part perhaps um so let me kind of take that in the reverse like um there was a scenario that I, well, multiple scenarios that were extremely stressful for me, like traumatic, um, that I believe triggered my POTS, my dysautonomia. And when I was first diagnosed in 2018 with it, and I'd had other things, um, autoimmune things and what have you before that, um, that also I think contributed, but in 2018, when I was first diagnosed, I was experiencing so much pain that I couldn't sleep at night. And it was especially bad at night. And it was in my arms and my shoulders mainly. And it got to the point where I would daydream about those, you know, those um, stone olive presses where they put all the olives in and they, tighten the stone, sticking my arms in one of those and having it press because that I would try to lay on my arms. Like I would tuck them up under me so that I would have pressure 
to relieve my pain. You know, so I would daydream about if I could just press my arm, <laughs> this would stop, you know. Um, so it was that it was bad. It was awful. <laughs> and now I do have some neurological stuff when I lay down, you know, and every now and then I'll have little ghosts of that sort of pain. But mostly that pain is gone. And I think the reason being is the way that I held that former experience in my body, the way that my body adapted to it, that trauma response, you know, you've got fight, flight, freeze, fawn, you've got all those. My um, tendency is toward the fight, right? And so just that tension, the way that it was held in my body, the way that I hung on to it fiercely, you know, at any moment, ready to go, ready to defend myself, ready to be at it, you know, created in part that pain, that inflammation in my body that resulted in that pain. And so my working through the healing of those traumas and the letting go of those traumas, as I did that, Nothing else. I mean, I went to doctors. They did the best that they could. They told me at this point they couldn't help me really, et cetera, et cetera, unless it got progressing up worse, so on and so forth. Nothing really other than my lifestyle and the way that I address this mentally on my own. There's no reason, other reason than that, that my pain is now mostly gone. And that's how I'm that just, works. I'm just confused. I'm still. There's too much. Mm -hmm. Do you want to keep lot. going? It's. I guess. I am. Since you said that your thing is. Um, there's Ander. Hey, like your shirt. Thanks. Uh-huh. He's a he's kind of a metal guy, not super metal, like yeah. just like specific, like older. I'm specific metal too. But I guess, yeah, you don't you don't also don't look general metal. It's very like this person may like metal or that. I don't know. It's a very loose thing to. I don't know what it means even. I. I'm wearing my Smurf jacket, so it's irrelevant. But uh, we were talking about, I guess, the way you were describing your body and your pain. Do you think every human should be this aware of their body and at some point in their life have just talked about it to someone else, just like not as not a big deal? Or do you think this is, do you think this is like, a, I guess, okay, I'll, I'll phrase it better. Let's say just this con, this part, this excerpt of the conversation, someone hears it and says that discussing ailments and bodily awareness is a point of privilege 
that cannot be exercised by everyone. And the people who are like working a lot or have a very busy day and are in just searing, almost deathly pain, if they stop and talk about their pain, they're being weak. They're complaining. They're they're exploring extra stuff that they don't need to focus on right now because they have to as long as they're not dying they just have to keep pushing if it's not a disease if it's not cancer if it's not going to kill you you can keep going go to the urgent care go back to work take two days off go back like you can't really stop and explore why you're having recurring issues and then I would say those recurring issues could be anywhere from uh, migraines, like someone who just has, oh, yeah, I just have a killer migraine once, once a week for nine hours. I cannot function. Someone says that. And then I ask them, have you ever talked to anyone about it? They're like, no, it's just once a week. I usually just write it off. I'm like, write it off to what? Those are nine hours of your life. And you see, you say that you feel like you're dying. Have you, why don't you feel like it's worthy to speak about this? And I feel like these small chronic health problems then later do what you implied that the larger traumas do, which is trigger further health issues. Mm -hmm. So I guess, how do we make it seem worthy to take just a second to say what's happening to you in case it's really unusual and people can point you in a different direction? Um. So let's begin. So again, like this happened a couple of times, um, wording to me matters a lot. Um, so let's begin by talking about the point where you said it's a privilege to not be able to do that. Yes, like that's what some people uh, would that say. That it's privileged, only privileged people can. Yes. You know, Um what does that mean? Because <laughs> um, what privileged, how? Financially privileged? Um, privileged with extra time? Privileged by being taken care of? Privileged by how? You know, the fact that, you know, I live in a, <laughs> all right. I, I no, but, but wait, I'm glad that it's like doing this because I feel like this is the same thing that people say about certain people who practice yoga or meditation or anything that would help them. Even sometimes people who work out too much to in some people's mind that taking this time is selfish to the point of being detrimental to others. It's almost right. like a foolish pursuit. And I feel like that's that's in the same vein as like, that's the privilege, I guess, people imply that someone who would, would talk about their health or their idiosyncrasies of their body would have this like delusional idea that it's important to discuss. But I don't think it's delusional. I think it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that helped the thing. <clears throat> There's a lot here, and this is a point that I've had to, um, that I, 
that one aches my heart two that I've had to face quite often. So let me make it personal. Uh, I am from a place where about 34% of us live below the poverty line. I am from a place where I cannot drink the water out of my sink. I'm from a place where I would like to be able to work more from home, but the internet connection is not good enough. <laughs> I, you know, I could go on and on and on, right? And I currently do not have enough income, <laughs> you know? Um, and while I was doing all of these things, I was having to fight for my health to be able to get up and take care of my three children, to be able to take care of things, to be able to earn a living, to be able to take them to school, you know, and I had to do a lot of this stuff in pain you know, I'm not talking about this is this doesn't happen by stopping everything. It can't. You know. I've I've been in a lot of different bodies. I've been in a lot of different scenarios. It some of it is just a shift in perspective. A lot of this is just a shift in perspective and you can do that while you're flipping burgers. Yes. I, do I, I know I, I flip burgers, so I know. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a, we're culturally conditioned to ignore our bodies. We're culturally conditioned. And when you say discuss, you don't have, I mean, we're discussing this because that's the topic that we've gotten on. Right. It's not because I said, hey, hater, let's uh, talk about our bodies and how they're like shorting out on us. Let's do that for an hour. You know, I, I rarely mention my dysautonomia on my Instagram. You know, I'm not just discussing this out. We I, should have it. We should have a shoulders only episode where we just talk about trap development and delts and rear delts and that's all i know about shoulders but anterior ones there you go anterior ones wonderful those ones <laughs> great great and the rotator cuff we can we can just do we can just do flies that can be the whole episode just lateral light raises. dumbbell just lateral raises for an hour and just occasionally take breaths and just check in like hey how's it going uh, lateral raises let's yeah. that might be better people might think it's less indulgent than talking oh. about or yeah so i guess if someone right now who's listening to this is dealing because i actually have found out that a lot of our listeners deal with chronic pain and when i ask them they feel more sympathy for me with my back stuff than they do for themselves and i'm secretly thinking like dude you can't even like you can't do this why are you feeling bad for me 
And they're like, oh my God, how's your back? I'm like, what are you talking about? You're always, your one of your eyes is always twitching because your leg hurts so much. Just talk about it. What's, so I guess if they're in a lot of pain watching and listening to this, what is a way to start making peace with the fact that you need to address it? Like it is not quiet for a reason. Like the pain is loud and you feel it and hear it for a reason. So what would be a good way to approach this pretty terrifying thing to even address that you have chronic pain or that you deal with some type of non-optimal uh, neurological signal at least one time a day? How do you start accepting that and then working on it? Okay. Um, well, one, I, I'm going to tell you, we are mirrors for each other. So they're being sympathetic towards you is also a way for them to acknowledge their own pain is because okay. they're telling you they understand yours and they feel for you. Um, so that's just relational, but so like I mentioned before, the language of the body is sensation. So if you've got pain, your body's saying, hey, help me out here. Not, hey, I want you to die. <laughs> it's saying, hey, help me out here before you die. <laughs> um, so that's our, that's our body's language, you know. And we can keep ignoring it so that these symptoms, these things mount and mount and mount. Or we can get tired of living that way. We can say, this is not my identity. This pain is not who I am. This pain is not what my body is capable of, all of that it's capable of. This is not my story. So a lot of people will be like, well, I'm not, I want to do this, that, or this, but I'm not motivated. And I'm like, well, then do you really want to do it? Probably not. Probably not. Either you are afraid of changing the things that you need to change in order to do it. You, you want to, but you're afraid of the process, you know, or you're dreading somehow the process. Or you think you should do it because of some external pressure. There's a difference between that and literally being done with the scenario. I will not do this anymore. And therefore the process becomes to understand it so that you can do what you can to change it. Right. So part of the reason that I stumbled upon this stuff, this way of understanding is because I didn't have medical resources to address myself. I tried to find them. I tried to access them, but they, I don't have them here. I had to do this myself. And I got to the point that I did not want to be alive with that pain anymore. I was done, period. That's I couldn't accept it. I refused to. And I'm like, either I rewrite this story or I'm done, period. That's how it started for me.
So it was the point where I got, I got so fed up with it that I didn't want to breathe another breath without feeling like I was doing something to address it rather than just dealing with it, right? Rather than just living with it there in my body. And I had to open myself up outside of that paradigm of, oh, there's a pain. I need to see a doctor who then can pinpoint that pain for me and then give me a pill or do a surgery or this or that, give me a treatment and fix it. I realized that that, that was not going to do that for me. I had to do, I had to open my mind. I had to open. So I started gathering information. I started working with my practice in a different way. Um, I have, the way I have that a, I thought about things changed. I have a very, this is an idiot mystic breakthrough moment. Um, due to my body stuff, I have a lot of weird bladder issues. And usually these episodes are two to three hours and I never take a pee break. Mm-hmm. As though it's some kind of badge of honor for me to just like torture my, I literally almost, I feel like I'm dying, but I keep going. So today, this marks the first idiot mystic pee break. I will be right back. I feel like I've won. You have no idea what you've done. This is the first, I've done a, this is the 95th episode or something. In 200 hours, I haven't peed. I haven't taken a pee break. What is wrong? What's going on? Relieve yourself and come back renewed and more comfortable. I can't believe this is real. <laughs> it's happening. I can't believe Good job. it. I can't believe it. Also, this is like blank That's space. It's a privilege. <laughs> yes, yes. The privilege of peeing. I'm going to go exercise it. You can talk in this space if you want, and I can. But if you just don't talk, it's fine. Okay. I think I'm going to get something to drink instead.
This is going to be the best episode of Idiomistic ever. Yeah. How's that? <laughs> I've I've evolved on camera. I just changed. We broke a cycle that's literally lasted. It's been measured. Like the cycle has been videoed, being broken and being repeated too for so long without any kind of awareness. Like, oh yeah, we've been talking for three hours. Wait, did you drink any water? Did you even take a breath? Yeah, that's As well, I drink the energy that, drink. Yeah, while you were doing that, I was uh, thinking, you know, I, the whole privilege thing really bothers me. Not that Tru we're not privileged. We're all no. privileged in some way. Yes, but trust me, it like I can... I can be transparent about this right now. Like I literally, I was working desk hours at the gym that I teach the meditation classes at. And then I was puking every morning before going to work for whatever reason. Like I'd wake up and throw up for 45 minutes and then go to work. It was to do with the back spasms. Like I need like a long time to warm up before I can start moving. Otherwise, I get, it's like I'm motion sick in my own body. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy, guys. Um, but so right now, I was talking to someone and they said, well, you aren't exactly grinding right now. I was like, you're absolutely right. Every time I grind right now, I almost die. So I decided to like I'm enrolled in school. I'm attempting a different approach. Maybe even you could even say that the podcast, I used to talk to people in person and now I talk to more people on the podcast than I ever have because my health made talking in person more difficult. So even if it's a natural thing, I guess I've heard this a lot that people who have the time to podcast or be or people who have the time to do yoga, time to work out. You have, can I, you want to get mad? I want to see if you get well, angry. You, mad, you probably I want, don't. But... I want to see if it's because I have a specific thing. It's so specific that I Go feel ahead. like yeah. you, it is some feedback from, um, Someone I know as an acquaintance, but they're also the acquaintanceship occurred from me being their taxi driver when I was driving Lyft. And they're like, oh, OK, you have a podcast, whatever. Followed me on Instagram. Listen to the podcast. Anyway, they hear our episode talking. That was a month, a few months ago before me and them talked. This person is a human biological female she her um i believe like 27 or maybe so and she literally i said well you know kelly said something and it was the clip where you said you just have to start at some point because like you might never start it was that series of talks and this person literally went on a tirade about how well you know 
Kelly's a kept woman. Kelly doesn't have to do anything. Pe- people who are taken care of can do yoga and go to spin class and meditate and wear crystals. And I was, I was like, have you heard the episodes at all? Have you? And I think this person maybe just saw the clips and then our conversation happened afterwards. And I had also facilitated a few meditations for this person. And they were like equally combative with me. And I was like, okay, like I'm fine with someone yelling at me if it's like, if it's right after they've done a session and then they're like, well, I didn't transcend reality. You suck. I'm like, yeah, this is normal. I'm used to hearing this after session one or it's the opposite. And someone's crying and they've just met their mother again after like 30 years. It's like one or the other usually. But I guess how would you feel about someone coming at your practice? And then this is very personal and adds the narrative element to the chronicle that we're keeping. Is your ability to do more exercise and work than the what is looked at as the average woman? Is it some is someone else helping you do it? Don't punch the don't punch the laptop. Please don't get mad where we just you it just came out because it was a nor regular it was the natural progression now i'm scared but don't i feel like the 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 heat thing behind you that you said doesn't work i feel like it works now and i'm i need to take my jacket off <laughs> i don't think that because i know how high, i just get we've da- talked about everything but i guess people who don't know and they wait i just remembered some one wait first i let you handle this one then i'll give you another one the other one was you laugh it's way more outlandish you know honestly it um <clears throat> And I didn't mean to like bring that energy to the, I hope you don't think this is like me trying to like, like we can even like delete this part. It's not even like, I wasn't trying to get you like riled up for fun. I just remembered this conversation suddenly and it was like to do with the thing. Sorry. I am trying to, um, no, it's fine. Um, like I said, I'm a fodder. And I have to watch myself. Um, and the fact that I'm able to talk to you in an even tone right now <laughs> is uh, while I'm shaking on the inside um, <laughs> is a very um, profound development. It is. And also you saying it out loud. I didn't expect you to say that at all because I was like, you're like, oh, it's some internet person saying some internet stuff. But it's in, I would, that's why I shared it so quickly. So it's interesting that like there is human, that there is the full spectrum of what you would expect in reactions. 
-hmm. yet it's not being expressed. So that, I guess, what would you say to someone who comes at other people who are doing your practice to heal themselves in the way that this person said this stuff to me? Because I guess- What would as, I say to her? Or not just her, but to other women who are like, they're like, I'll give you a very good specific example. And the person is a listener. Let's say they're in a pretty, pretty toxic relationship. And the only good thing they have is yoga class. But they kind of only go to it when their partner is busy. And so busy or like out at a nightclub, very weird timing to get yoga. And it's like any time that this person cannot be in trouble for doing yoga because if the person does yoga too much then the partner either goes with them to yoga and acts toxic there or accuses them of going to yoga to do weird um, non-productive things for their their relationship so this person the yoga which is their only practice to heal and get any close any step closer to being okay is being attacked in the same way. And it's being said, like, why are you doing yoga? Like, shouldn't you be looking for a job? Shouldn't you be doing this? Shouldn't you be doing that? What? So what do you say to other people who are under attack in this way that yoga and other, you could call them new age practices or esoteric ones, even spiritual ones are, you can't spend too much time on them because they don't pay you. What's the payout of it? You're just wasting your time and you're not really doing what you're supposed to to fit in with the with the mold of an acceptable person. You're being weird. We might we might get worried about your mental health. And in some cases, if you're if you're a parent, then it even puts like legal scrutiny on your parenthood. You have to be very careful. Like you you know this, like even when we communicate about like alternative health beliefs in respect to our children being recorded and being uh, disseminated on the internet, you have to be careful what you say because someone can portray a very different picture of you and execute these crazy actions that affect your life forever. So I guess, and also you're moving a lot. I'm terrified. I'm actually scared. I'm going to stop talking. I'm self-soothing. <laughs> so are the dogs. They, Hello, dogs. They, they seem, seem to have done. Wow. It's like synced up with you, Kelly. What they, is <laughs> The entire, the energy of the room. It's been totally, they were totally, you've heard the room. There was just the lawn guy at the crazy lawnmower guy outside but anyway please whenever you're ready um so i will be completely honest there are many parts of the things that you just shared to me that are still significant triggers for me and that trigger trauma response so right now, uh, I will be completely honest. I'm 
Um, feeling. So wait, also consider this like not like it's not we can just like scratch out whatever. Like I'll send you the file. Oh, this you can is pick. real. This is real. Okay. okay. And this I, I didn't real. mean to that's but just so you know, because I feel very like somehow I feel like I said it. But I just I delivered it in such a like casual way because I thought it was like an internet troll saying internet troll stuff. So you would take it as such, but I didn't know what it would. You I feel like you get what I'm saying. I didn't know it had any significance at all in any way. This, well, it was a real person who really spoke to you. Yes, but this is true. So but um, but but I guess I mean like their energy. I I assume that it would be considered similar to a barb or like something like like someone just being mean. But I feel like your real reaction to it means that there's something to explore there in terms of the meanness of this person even. This is a person. I care for her. Right. I may not be the person to reach her. She might not be ready. And I might not be the person that reaches her. But I still care. So every fortnight I draw cards. I draw three cards from a goddess oracle um, to kind of guide my way through the next fortnight. And this one came up, this last full moon, right? Yes, and it's interesting because Ronnie mentions Sekhmet con in each episode. I've so I was... <laughs> Which is one of when she came out, <laughs> but... Um, Yes, I'm glad you're breathing. I feel better. Thank you for taking a breath. Oh, my God. <sighs> sorry, now I can let that sound out because I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I'm. Um... No, you don't have to be sorry to me. This um... all happened because you made me take the pee break. I literally wouldn't have remembered. I would have been stressed out about ending the podcast. But you made me aware of my body. Then I peed. Then I made you aware of something, and now this happened. Well, let's get to it. Okay. Um, so, a lot of people, we're all guilty of it, will hear certain words, will hear, see certain types of people, say certain types of things, and they will be triggered in such a way that they feel called out. And the words that you used made me feel like maybe this person felt called out. And I understand that feeling. It sucks. It feels shitty. Right? Because her situation probably is not mine. My first question to her would be, do you know me? Do you know how I pay my bills? 
Do you know how I earn my income? Do you know who I'm taking care of? What is a kept woman? What requirements are there to be a kept woman? Yeah, what does that mean even? I don't know. I feel like that's, isn't that old school terminology? Mm -hmm. Okay. It is. Sorry, because it also uh, sounds kind of terrifying. Like, I feel like it's so problematic. Like, who even says that? Yeah, it is. Um, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's very problematic to think this of is... someone as that way and to um, compare yourself to them by using those terms. Um, especially someone you don't know. And, right? and I guess just before we continue, I'm going to step out of this in the opinion way, because in terms of a woman speaking on another woman, clearly I have no, I, I'm, I should just be quiet here and listen. So please continue. I have no opinion. I mean, I mean and it's your friend, so Hey, hey, I'll offer hey, any hey, opinion. hey, it's not a, it's, it's someone who did two meditation classes and, and one lift ride. Okay. It's okay. not this, it's not a friend. Okay. I feel like we're friends. I feel like... Yeah. So that one, do you know me? <sighs> <laughs> you do not. <laughs> and if you think you do, especially, you do not. Right? Um, and, um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what a crazy anyway, episode. Anyway, what? No. I, I feel like, I feel like I'm on drugs now because of I'm this. I'm sorry. Episode. No, it was so, ex like, up and down and up again and i it was good it was very real and human i just am attached i'm on the roller coaster that you're on instead of my own so i, I got freaked out too <laughs> it is really interesting for me to be in this situation where i have to find words while also being very deeply like <laughs> um i'll take this out later when i lift I've also had really low blood pressure the last three days, like very, very, very low. So I'd be interested to take my blood pressure right now. Would would this help? It like, may this... help. <laughs> it may help. Um, um, so let's 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 make this more productive. Okay. Okay. Um I want to I not that I feel the need to reach people who aren't ready for what I'm saying or um or are beyond what I'm saying she might be beyond what I'm saying um or um who I don't need to be reaching right cuz we're not the messenger whatever message we have we're not everyone's messenger there may be some kind of block between her and I that what I say might not ever reach her. Fine, whatever. But to the people who have similar thoughts <laughs> um, or like you were mentioning before, the person who is literally being attacked 
right, by someone for doing their practice. And why I said you have to start somewhere. Why can you not freaking start laying in your bed at night? Right before you go to sleep. Take one mental step, one mental thought. One, all of these things that I have done, the point being is, and Mitch Horwitz, again, is a great person to reference when talking about situations like the one that you mentioned. His advice is to get out of them as soon as possible to end that situation as soon as you possibly can. And in the meantime, disconnect as much as you can. But also he says, and this is something because of the culture that I come from, because of the place that I live in, was very applicable to me and made me see him as a teacher with integrity is anytime you're talking about something spiritual, if it is not replicable or replicatable in the trenches, if you can't access it in the trenches in the daily life, then it doesn't mean anything really. And so, you know, <laughs> I, I guess I'm wondering, so the similar to what you said earlier about not needing motivation, because if you actually want to do something, you do it, even if it's not the best effort or like done well, you still try because you have the desire to do it. So would someone who isn't doing the extra like they're not doing the thing they want to do and then they go very hard against people who do the thing they want to do and say that it's because those people have more time i feel like this is some kind of self-sabotaging and self-feeding mechanism where you'll never do the thing because you don't have the perfect room and perfect setting and perfect circumstances mm -hmm. and then and then you blame it on other people and the, that blame is weaponized not like just like hey you did this but like it's actually aggressive and hurts people because you're hurt from doing your dreams like it's crazy to me that the person who sees you doing yoga wouldn't just think to do yoga what are the other thoughts i don't understand what's driving them why is it easy? This is similar to why we were, I asked why the biological stuff is so much more easy to lean towards in our body. So in this case, why is it easier for someone to hate on you than it is to just copy you? Like just sit on a mat and try to do some Kelly stuff instead of think about Kelly and dissect everything about you. Like does it mean that they're stuff like what does that mean about a human what's what state can you be in if you can't look at something you like and try to replicate it and create more in your life
Like instead, like if you see a happy family, you're like, I must destroy all families because I don't have one. What kind of crazy thought is that? You're supposed to be like, oh, that would be cool. Oh, I like this puppy. And I, I, you don't start kidnapping or dog napping other people's puppies. You just try to get your own. So I guess in this case, would you say it's like a spiritual affliction when people see other people doing things they like, then don't do them themselves and their whole life is like spent in a prison of analyzing these people? I would say, yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's a matter of personal responsibility. If we can deflect blame to other areas, even of our own life, if we can blame obstacles, if we can blame other people's life scenarios um, as being different than ours, like this person did, what she thinks my life scenario is, Can I just, can I add one more thing? Because you said what she thinks my life scenarios. I may have like, sometimes if I don't have like cannabis or pain relief, I'm really sensitive and catty, like in my responses. So I may have gotten in a, into a back and forth. And then in this back and forth, I may have been accused of being in an interactive relationship with you. And I was like, you must think like, I'm really like, in, like <laughs> I must get around a lot because I literally like, you have thought. I, like, like, what is this person? Like, is this like a fan? Oh, like was, I don't understand. And then, and then someone, someone on the discord suggested I expose this person. And then the other people said, obviously, you can't expose someone like this because they're like within your vicinity. They were like, I even might cut this out. What did they find me? Okay, I'm gonna stop but but so I guess that's what I was saying. Like people definitely. I guess, sorry, continue. It's just too, like, I feel like we never have idiot mystic gossip and we finally had a little, like, someone someone threw some hot sauce on us in our eyes. What, what, sorry. I don't even know what I was talking about prior to that. I, I just, I feel like people are just... Oh, yeah, but she assumed my situation and that there might have been more to the conversation um you know well that happens right you know we we can place blame we can do all of these things so that we don't have to take personal responsibility for the action that we're not taking or that we don't have to take responsibility for a part of ourselves that we don't fully understand yet and that we're confused about. We know maybe have an awareness that it's there and that we may be able to do something about it, but we're not sure what or how. You know, and these are stages that we all go through, you know, and some of us are more vocal about <laughs> these things and our opinions and so on and so forth about 
you know. Um, there are things that I don't talk about a lot that I've not talked about with you in, in outright blatant terms. There are things that I don't talk about on my Instagram. Aspects of my life, my past, how I got to this point that I don't give voice to because we all have these stories, right? We all have these backstories and most people don't want to hear about yours, right? Most people don't even want to look at theirs, you know, though I'm, I'm really interested because when I hear people's backstory and then I see some of the awesome things that they're doing now, I'm inspired. And that's one of, been one of the positive things about social media for me is they're not celebrities. I'm seeing normal people do incredible things in spite of whatever circumstances they're in or maybe even because of them. And I'm like, oh, damn. Look at what they're doing. I'm going to try. You know, it's. It's so, I'm so glad that after me, like literally, I feel like I train wrecked this whole thing, but I, sh I need to think more. Oh, wait, there was a freaking, oh, I didn't even, there's a second fork in the, in the troll road, but, but that was from a different, different type of troll. It was a male troll. So yeah. And that was that one too. It's fine. But, but I'm no longer shaking inside from the first one. Well, <laughs> so. well, well, okay. First, I'll say that I'm glad you said the thing about normal people or ordinary people or just everyday humans doing special things. Because someone asked me, like, why is your why do you think your podcast is different or what is the point of this whole thing? because everyone else is talking for entertainment too. And I said, well, I'm not talking for entertainment. I'm trying to keep a record of some people that I know's life. And sometimes people I don't know, I also keep a record of their life. And the idea is to honor their life by keeping a record of it, by spending my time doing that as though it's like their life is special. And then you said that. So I feel like both things really like it's, it's clarifying my purpose here recording these that I don't even it doesn't matter what direction we go in. The point is that going in any direction in your life was valuable and worth being recorded and discussed. So by the end of it, we'll have a bunch of recordings and proof that you were here for people after you in theory. So I guess I'm glad you said that about ordinary people, because that's the story that like, that's the whole point of this is to just show us doing stuff because that's what life is supposed to be about, not about other people doing a very specific range of behaviors, eating at a specific range of restaurants that then we strive to. I don't know. I don't know what the restaurant thing was. I was trying to say something about fast food, but the second troll thing, would you like to hear it? Sure. Are, are you sure? Since we already, I mean, might as well okay i don't know why i acted like i remembered it because you just brought the whole thing together with the purpose thing and then i remember the second thing but okay i think this is good though because i guess you're posting athletic content 
like this is like purely from a visual standpoint it looks like sports content like exercise content the yoga part so i had a discussion with someone and i may have sent a video of yours to this person saying that like this is the crazy thing that occurred i don't know what which one it was and this person happened to ask me if you had uh like if you were on any adult platforms like the subscription ones and i said what but i was like wait what i didn't even say no at first i said wait what because i didn't my brain didn't connect what that video had to do with that and he's like and he said some things that so i feel like have you encountered any kind of like of i guess whatever it's like incel energy like uh anti-feminist energy like i don't know that was that's what this guy was bringing to the table but i just didn't message him after that because it was just like it was a random idiot mystic account follower so i just shared the video with a bunch of people silly me kelly stupid stupid me for doing the send to all but never do that just don't send to all anymore then um, i'm not sure what you mean by incel energy um i mean no, i don't know I they're like creepy internet people like 4chan like they just like say horrible things on yoga posts and other nice things of women doing or other feminine energies or even men i don't i don't know how to describe trolls because i get literally obliterated by them all the time and i'm just like now i've learned to deal with it before i would take it to my core it would i've gone to therapy because of trolls i think to a certain degree like the level of interaction i've gotten to with some of them like i've i've almost fought someone somewhere for internet trolling. I can How? see that. You couldn't, don't say that. You're I can see that to... myself is what I mean. Like I could see myself doing that. I thought you meant, you're like, Fighting I someone you doing that. <laughs> I'm really just, I mean, but anyway. No, um, okay. Yeah, no, that I'm not shaking inside. That That's an okay and a legitimate question. One being because it's uh, it's a buzz thing, right? It's something that is all the talk. You know, it's a thing. And I know some really beautiful souls who are teaching some profound lessons, spiritual and deep lessons, who post very suggestive content with those lessons, as well as having OnlyFans, who have written books, who, have, who are teachers, who are both, right? I'm not against people having OnlyFans and being a spiritual teacher. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> and I never have. And uh, I, I, I really couldn't see myself being able to pull that off. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, um, 
it's a big question in, in the yoga world as to whether or not we should even be posting about our poses, whether or not we should even share the physical practice at all publicly. Um, and, and also what we wear when we share the practice, you know, the angle that the pose is shot in. All of these things are always under scrutiny. I've been very fortunate on my sharing that I haven't really had conversations that I have not been able to actually make a conversation out of it and it goes somewhere and it feel up not, I mean, it ends okay. <laughs> um, so I feel very fortunate in that regard because there's a lot of people who are doing what I do or something similar who face trolls each and every single day. And it's sad. It's really sad to me. Um, you know, there's a reason that I share my poses. There's a reason that I share the physical practice. Um, and it's not, um, all of my practice. That's another thing that I would want to tell the people before is that this physical doing yoga, I've done this for 24 years. I've been a lot of different people in 24 years. I've worked a lot right. of different jobs in 24 years. I've lived in a lot of different places in 24 years, meaning housing. Um, and I've done yoga for 24 years. It's the same, but anyway. Um, so I've been doing it a really long time. Um, and there's a reason that I share the physical postures, you know? Um, and I try to explain that some when I share them, though I guess not everyone would will see those posts, you know? Um, and I just let it go otherwise. You know, people are gonna think what they think and I learn to let it go. They're gonna think whatever they wanna think. If they wanna ask me about it, I'll talk to them. <laughs> I feel like this was, I actually have like the same feeling I did after going to Disneyland, like going on a roller coaster. Like, I feel like I have whiplash from my, like, I feel like I was, if I was steering and we were driving a car, I actually lost my mind in the middle and started just like doing U-turns in the middle of the street. Because the conversation really, I'm sorry, I didn't. As you can see, it is unfiltered. There is literally no kind of linear narrative applied here. I'm not using, imagine if chat GPT wrote this whole outline and even my confusion is actually scripted and actually I'm just like the world's best actor something to think about i'm just saying could be could be dealing with the the next i couldn't think of someone silly enough to name so never mind um mo moving along from my thing now that everything has calmed down i guess in the chronicle of your journey as a teacher and a person Last time we talked to you, you were refining things like your yoga offering, 
and um just i guess you were teaching more classes and also you were pushing your body more than you had and you were very tired and it wasn't like a like temporary tiredness you were saying that from all this activity you were tired so um from that state to now i think it's like been a maybe a few weeks maybe a month i don't know because it's i been a little I, over a month i guess okay so did that tiredness go away because you rested did it become less present did something happen no in fact i am right now i haven't taken my blood pressure today but since christmas day i've been in a pots flare um and uh been pretty run down um so no it doesn't go anywhere it's there and other than a complete change of lifestyle which i don't see it i mean it gets it it gets better right i'm mindful about how i practice and i try to nurture myself based upon how i'm feeling um and how I prioritize the things that I have to do in a day because I do work and I do have to earn income and I do have goals to increase my income. That's something that is desperately needed for me. Um, so I'm looking for opportunities to do other things. You know, I'm looking for those opportunities of things that I can do while also being able to manage what I need day to day. You know, um, those are those are musts for me right now. So I can't stop. I don't have the privilege of stopping <laughs> right now um, and saying, oh, I can't teach right now because mm -hmm. I'm tired. That's not a thing, you know. So I have to learn to work with what I have strategically. So, so wait, since you, I guess uh, I, applying the idea that you helped me apply to myself to you right now since you have to push past pots and other circumstances that are like related right now how is pushing past something also uh how does that work with being kind to yourself or not bullying your body into doing it because it sounds like it's similar, but like there's a fine line between pushing and bullying yourself into doing something. Mm -hmm. um, so let me describe how that works for me. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to work the same way for someone else. Um, they're going to have to take their personal constitution and their situation into, into play. But for me... Um, I will not teach a physical practice without also practicing the physical practice. So I practice six days a week on top of teaching five physical classes a week on top of doing whatever readings have come through for that week for people. Um, and I'm hoping to add other things. Right. So and sometimes I have extra workshops and sometimes I um, like I recently did a, a session with a photographer where I was the model um, 
for some of his artistic work. Um, so occasionally I'll have things like that work that comes through um, that I have to manage altogether, plus my physical practice. So it looks like prioritizing the things that I know I can get done, thinking about my energy level throughout the day, right? And I have set this up this way. Like I quit a full-time job not long after I was diagnosed with POTS. Took a significant cut in my income. Lived very, like, very minutely, <laughs> paycheck to paycheck. You know, that's how I live right now. Um, and sometimes we go, I have to go without certain things. Anyway, <clears throat> so that I can manage things like this, right? Because otherwise I was going to work myself into the ground and I wasn't going to be able to work at all. That's how that was going to go. Um, so I think about when I have energy throughout the day. What can I get done in that day? And if I did work a nine to five, I would think about, okay, there's that chunk. Now, how am I going to feel afterward? How am I going to feel before? Most likely based upon prior experiences. And what can I fit in in this chunk? What can I fit in in that chunk that's reasonable, that won't make me want to cry? You know, um, when I come onto my mat, <clears throat> I think about that, like, how am I feeling physically? Sometimes I'll do about five minutes of movement just to see how my body feels, how my heart responds to that movement. And then I'll decide what does my practice on my mat need to look like today? Do I have room to push myself? Do I need to pull back and do a little less? You know, um, those types of things. I think about my mental, mental stamina. That's why I schedule with you in the mornings because after 3 p.m., I'm not going to want to talk with my mouth. <laughs> you know, I won't have the energy. I don't. I think today after the morning, you're not going to want to talk with her. You're going to want to knee things. But I was, I'm just kidding. Um, do, do you have, um, if you were, if someone was after listening to this, if they were wondering, like, Okay, this was a very honest episode, like a lot of emotions. So how is Kelly going to continue her day? Is there going to be adjustment for the episode? Is there going to be, are you just going to like get up and start doing stuff right away? Like chug some water? I don't know. Like how, what is the mechanics of you getting up and moving on from this con conversation? Yeah, I have things I have to do, so I'll get up and chug away. Um, uh, I, I will probably be processing some of the way that I felt, especially earlier in this conversation for the rest of the day. I think uh, I will. Um, and uh, actually, I, I, I did pretty well. So I'm... Uh, <laughs> Yes, but um, there were some things that happened earlier this month that triggered those same trauma responses in me. Interesting. So it's, a, it's now a thing. <laughs> so I will be thinking about that um, because it does matter. Yes, it really 
that and and this little stuff matters because that's what i'm saying like this isn't this is international news this is actually really important because what's happening inside you is happening in me and everyone else just at, like at very even maybe even at the exact same time it's just at this point i feel like it's our responsibility to talk about it like this so like i even felt guilty bringing bringing it up at first but then i'm like if i never brought it up then like what am i doing what is the point of honest dialogue if i'm only sharing the honest part that's like serves the furthering of questions and like oh so what what do you like apple pie or cherry do you like apple pie or cherry i like both which one's better though cherry wait is this like with like actual cherries or like with mm -hmm. that filling stuff why do people what cherry. is that why do people in them i don't know you you're american you're supposed to explain i'm only by passport according to everyone else i'm a foreigner i've found out so uh yeah no i don't know Okay, also another question, random America question. It might sound offensive. Why do we have canned turtle here? Turtle meat. What? Turtle meat. It exists in the South. I believe it is. Yeah. Let, let me just. Doesn't exist where I'm from. Can you still hear me? Yes. Perfect. Can... It doesn't exist where I'm from, though we do have brains and pig feet. Wait, what kind of brains? Um, usually pork or um, cattle. Okay, now I can't find this online, and I feel like the person who fed me turtles is a psychopath. I'm so freaked out. <laughs> I'm actually having like a mild. This is actually not a good sign. This was freaking put. I'm going to just say it all. This was freaking. It was stuff. It was apparently stuffing with turtle meat in it. At a Thanksgiving in Southern Illinois. And it definitely wasn't chicken or pig or beef or even like i've eaten a freaking well, Illinois is not the south that's the north hey you i didn't mean the south but they said that they got the cans from this from georgia or something and it was the i saw the can and it implied that it was i need to look this up i'm i'm guessing. yeah i'm also it's, not it's, in the south so i don't i don't know this is the this is gonna be the end of this episode but i'm looking it up right now Can stuffing with turtle. It's freaking there. This cannot, this per I'm, how can I, am I imagining this? It is real. Is it? Oh my God. I don't know. I've never heard of it, but I'll okay, I don't okay, wait, 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 okay, okay, where okay, okay, sweet.
So you can buy two pounds of boneless turtle meat from CajunGrocer.com. So at least we've confirmed this. It exists in non-canned form. So now we can assume that someone... It exists there, so... Yeah, it means that someone canned some, some turtles. Yeah. Maybe I had turtle soup. I don't know what it was, dude. It just made me want to die. Oh, I'm sorry. I felt so guilty. Celebrating the slaughter of the indigenous people and a turtle. Look at who am I? Okay. Well, that was a dark memory. I will look into this canned turtle stuff. I bet someone's going to explain it. And then Sam privileged for being able to talk about canned turtle meat and it's exotic and only the trillionaires of earth would know. And that one day with a kept woman that could be doing nefarious things on the dark web. I mean, what kind of life is this? I don't know. True, true, uh, true heresy is happening on on idiot mystic. Uh, the funny thing is, right after I got out from the pee break, I was so excited. I had some questions to ask you, and I brought your book with me, but uh. But then this happened. So just in case anyone's looking for Kelly in written form, it's called Sacred Catharsis. And it is available on her website and on Amazon. And there will be links in the description as there usually are. Uh, Thank you. Is there anything you want to say for ending this for your you have you have loving fans, your adoring fan base. So there they're probably they were probably uh concerned that I took you through this this tunnel of doom today, but we came out, we're okay. Yeah. And I mean that's that's what I would say is like, yeah, you may learn things from someone, but the thing to remember is they're also you. You know, we all have these moments these little things that are going to show the sides that are very very human that will always be you know we still have to live our life we still have to be human unless somehow we are kept in a cave somewhere and and actually kept guru um or we totally transcend the body and we fall dead and our spirit goes to the ether you know, otherwise we have to do this thing called life. And sometimes it looks a little iffy. And sometimes we act up and act out and act a fool. But we can still learn and teach each other things. And that's what's cool. It's so weird. I'm having like, I just took a deep breath and my chest released a little bit because I was just... This was a wild one. This was crazy. Uh, thank you. Different. Thank you. I'm glad we did it. Yeah. Uh, yes. But I don't know what to say. I'm going to press stop recording before I die. Okay. I'm not dying. My body's not trying to kill me. 
it loves me. We're working together. Sorry. Not not to you, to my body, because I know it's working with me because we're best friends. We're like buddy cops. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs>